0: Okay folks we're going to get started. Uh, okay, we want to talk about sea minerals and uh, getting getting all of these different minerals into um, into the ground and into our plants and then into our bodies there. So I, I really need to be flexible here because. Um, There's a quote that I wanted to read to you from the Spirit of Prophecy, and I don't have it. It's in my Bible back in the room there. But it goes something like this, that um, God has given to people, to men, ideas that would lighten labor. Um, And and if he had not, uh, that the human race would have been extinct before this there so um, then there's uh, it goes on to say that um, that um, God has given these different ideas um, and that we should study so that we have the best methods in agriculture in building and in every line of work so that the worker is well rewarded. Uh, and that this is exactly what God would have us do. In other words, he would have us um, study and, and um, get, get good ideas. Now, that's what we're doing here. All week, we've been studying about agriculture, been studying about modern things that we can do. Ellen White would agree with this right through, you know, so we're studying here the whole week on this. Um, and that when we do this, that there's a, there's a promise written into this thing. And when we, when, we proper, when we learn to properly treat the soil there, that the soil will, the earth that was created for man's benefit, will provide a living, a means of, of livelihood. Uh, for the diligent worker, <clears throat> so that's a promise to us that it will provide a living, uh, an income, for the diligent worker. <clears throat> there. <clears throat> okay, with the sea salts, um, well, let's just let's just let's just stop and ask for God's leading here. Morning, boys. We're gonna. We're going to have a prayer and get started here. Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you for all the blessings that you've given to us, the great things that you cause to grow for us, the beauty of this earth, and for giving us wisdom and understanding and promising to teach us more. And we need that, and we ask for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right. Why do we want to use these uh, ocean minerals? Um, uh, I want to tell you that um, I think it was about three weeks ago, I was driving down the road close to my house, and here was a 60-year-old woman about, um, and she was hitchhiking there. So I picked her up, and very quickly, um, we got to talking about my church, the Adventist church, and she said, oh, I went there when I was... When I was a girl growing up. And then she told me who her mother was, and I go to church with her mother uh regularly there. Anyway, uh she said she just had to get into the hospital and she showed me her arms and they were just a mess. They were uh red hot they were red. Her arms is what she could show me there, and she said, I have it on other parts of my body too. She was She was suffering so badly. She had to get some relief, and she wanted to get into the uh, emergency um, hospital ward there. So we talked for a little bit, and I said, Hey, I got an idea. I don't know whether it'll work or not. Uh, But ocean water has all of the minerals that are in your body, and it has them in the same proportion. In other words, there's 92 different minerals in ocean water. Everything that God created that is a mineral, is in ocean water. And it's in a perfect uh, proportion, meaning that the uh, proportion of one to the next to the next never varies. Now, how could that be because the rivers are constantly uh, dumping extra stuff into the ocean all the time? Well, what happens, anything that's out of that balance quickly drops to the ocean floor there so that this water stays the same. Doesn't matter whether we get out of the Atlantic, the Pacific. Caribbean, um, the Indian Ocean, Um, you you could even go to the Dead Sea or the Great Salt Lake and and, uh, get it. So that stays the same. So anyway, I told her, why don't you try this? I know of other places where um, ocean water has been very healing. And I said, it'll sting like crazy. And she said, I'll do anything. She said, I'm in terrible pain. I'll do anything. (coughs) Um, Well, I went home and got distracted and forgot to call her back because I was going to give her that, some salt. So she called me and said, hey, uh, I can come over and get it. And we probably live a mile away from each other. So she drove over to my house and I gave her a little container of ocean water salt. Now this is C90. okay? Um, <clears throat> so this is just simply ocean water dehydrated with nothing added and nothing taken out. Uh, The reason I use C90, the reason I recommend that, because there there are a lot of different ocean water salts that you can get, Uh, but most of them come from a dirty part of the ocean, like um, around Portugal or France uh, or other places. This stuff comes from Baja. Now, Baja is a long desert with no cities. Matter of fact, almost no fishing villages any, uh, either. Uh, and uh, twice a year, the tide is high enough that it comes up, I think it comes up 22 and a half feet or something like that. It has to come up over 21 feet, and then it spills into an estuary. Just does that twice a year, two times a year. Well, out there in the desert, it quickly evaporates, <clears throat> and then without any processing other than just um, gathering it up. And grinding it up uh, without any processing—that's uh, what C90 is. And that's what you want. Now you can get a, a heavy grind or a light uh, uh, or a big chunks or little chunks. I, li- I like the fine grind because it dissolves easier that way. Uh, anyway, uh, so I gave her this salt and. Um, she called me, I don't know, a day or two or so later, and she said, yeah, you're right. That stuff stung like crazy. But she said, I was determined to get some relief. And she said, it's totally gone. That, that ugly uh, redness, um, hey, there was pus coming out of her arms there. Uh, and it had healed it in just a short time there. Uh, Pardon me she put it on her skin. not the salt. She took the salt and she dissolved it in water. I told her to dissolve it in the bathtub and then go get in the bathtub there get it all over your skin there uh, and and you can do you know you absorb right through your skin um, that way. Uh, <clears throat> I had another friend who was working on a car. <clears throat> this guy uh, knew about ocean water and so he had a supply of it. This is before we could get C-90. So he had a supply of ocean water that he had in buckets and containers. Um, and so he's working on a car and the gas tank exploded. And he got third-degree burns. Um, so he he put the ocean water into a bathtub and got into it. Um, that guy Healed from even third-degree burns with almost no scars Uh, Just tremendous healing there. So Now I don't want you to drink the ocean water. It's it it comes in a crystalline form and we don't we don't uh, digest that well Um, All right Oh some of you know uh, Calvin Dents over here. And uh, Dr. Dents, when he was a kid, uh, before he was a Christian, Second World War was raging. And he lied about his age so that he could join the Navy. And uh, the Navy didn't care. They were looking for anybody. Uh, uh, so he was on a ship. And w- one day, that uh, it was so hot and so steamy, so uncomfortable, that. One of the sailors on the ship said, hey, I just can't stand this anymore. I'm gonna take a swim. They weren't supposed to, but he said, no, I'm gonna take a swim. So he dove in and uh, almost immediately was attacked by sharks there. So the water is red all around him and the sailors with difficulty got him back into the boat, but he had lost a lot of blood there, so much so that he wasn't gonna survive there. So the, the, the ship's doctor, the ship's doctor took ocean water, double filtered it, uh, cut it with 50% um, distilled water there, and he gave that to this guy intravenously. It was a substitute for human blood. Um, And that man lived where he would not have otherwise. Matter of fact, out in the Pacific on hospital ships, um, there were You can imagine during the Second World War that there was a huge lack of blood. And so this was a regular practice. They would double filter the ocean water and then use that as a substitute for for human blood. It's that close. Now, there there are some differences. There are three main differences. Uh, My blood is red and the ocean water is pretty clear. So we have a lot more iron in our blood than is in the ocean. Most of the iron in the ocean drops to the ocean floor. It doesn't stay in solution. This, so therefore, our blood is red and the ocean is clear. The second difference is that phosphate does the same thing. There's lots of phosphate in the ocean. It's in bones. It's in shells. It's in little modules on the ocean floor. Uh, but, it's, but there's not enough phosphate in the ocean water to grow land plants. I've tried it. it doesn't work. You've got to add phosphate there <clears throat> um, The third difference is that all life on earth is electrical including our plants and So in the ocean with all these mineral salts Electrical currents can cre- freely flow. It's no problem on land It's nitrogen that brings that electrical current into the plant So we've got to have nitrogen now, there's almost no nitrogen in, in, in the ocean. You've got to add nitrogen always. So nitrogen, pay attention to the nitrogen, the phosphate. And in some cases, you have to add iron, too. Often there's enough iron already uh, in the land that you don't need to to, to uh, add it. But your soil test will tell you whether you need it or not there. Uh, <clears throat> Now, uh, I said don't, uh, some of you heard this already in the last session, so don't drink the ocean water. It's in a crystalline form. No animal can use it directly. We might get a little bit of uh, advantage from it because of the flora in our gut, uh, but no animal can use it directly, not even an insect. Only plants can do that. So they take it up through the roots, and in the leaf of the plant, which is the factory for that plant, it combines it with carbon from carbon dioxide. Now, we have an organic food. Now, we have a very healthy food that your body can use. Um, and you don't have those toxic effects there. <clears throat> now, how, <clears throat> how toxic is, is this uh, ocean water? Well, uh, we all have a lot of salt in us. If I cut my finger, it's salty. Uh, if I get a tear or drop a drop of sweat into my mouth it 's very salty we 'd die quickly without that salt. We have to have that balance of salt. Um, but if I take five little teaspoons of salt at one time doesn 't matter whether it 's c90 or or one of the other brands out there i 'm talking about the refined stuff five little teaspoons is a lethal dose that 's enough to kill me so what 's necessary for health, out of balance is very toxic. Okay, the same thing happens with our plants, and our animals, and our soils. So, uh, so this is this is an, an important that we get that soil test and uh, know what we're dealing with. There, let's say that you are in a desert area. Uh, <clears throat> Let's take the San Joaquin Valley. The San Joaquin Valley in Southern California would be a big desert except for irrigation. Beautiful mountains, uh, so it catches the rain, and, and uh, now we can irrigate that part of the world and grow, grow a tremendous amount of food into that one valley there. What's happened because of the drought there in the last few years is that they've had to take more water out of the wells because the reservoirs were dry. We had a drought there. And so the water out of the wells is salty. It's a lot saltier than what comes from the mountains. So in the past, they would monitor this. And so they would take some out of the wells and some from the reservoir and try to keep that sodium level down. Um, Boy, the last few years, the sodium levels have just gone up and up and up because we've had to take more and more from the ground. And there hasn't been enough in, in the mountains. Now today, after the last few weeks of rain, those reservoirs are all full. So maybe, maybe we'll have some decent, um, decent growing there again. Now, if the salt level is too high, the sodium level is too high, um, have to be very careful using C ninety uh, there, um, or, or even seaweed. Now seaweed. Seaweed has a lot of good minerals in it. I think we have about 59 different minerals because it's growing in the ocean there. So that's a good substitute. What happens They they uh, harvest the seaweed and bring it up on land, and then they wash it with fresh water. So it has some sodium in it, but it's far less salt in it than than, uh, than the um, C90. Let's see. Um, Another uh, another thing that you have to watch out for is that, let's say you're in a very wet part of the country, but you're growing in a greenhouse. So if you're using the C90 there in your greenhouse, what's going to happen is that the plants are going to take up some of this, and some of it's going to evaporate, but the salt's not going to go away. It's going to stay there, so you're going to get an increase in salt. So we're very careful with... Greenhouses and testing that soil uh, regularly. So, if you're in a commercial greenhouse, we very careful about uh, doing that. All right. Uh, okay. I did talk about arsenic the last time. All these different minerals, but when we when we uh, make them into when we run it through a plant. Uh, and make it into an organic food. It it is just so much better and healthier for us. Um, and uh, matter of fact, we need all of those minerals there. Now, <clears throat> if you look at charts, um, the research that's been done, they said, "Well, we need this many, you know, mineral nutrients to live." And uh, then, as more research is done, they add more to this, and that list keeps getting bigger and bigger. My belief is that God created all those minerals, all those nutrients, and that we need all of them. He didn't make them just for junk. They're all needed and all useful for us there. Uh, They're certainly useful in the the plants. Uh, Right now, we have in Florida something called, what is that, citrus greening? Um, do you have? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, all the citrus trees are dying. Pardon me. What's mm, really, killing the citrus trees. Yeah, there's a disease that's going out and killing. Canker. What is it? Canker. Well, they call it uh, citrus greening. Does anybody know what that name is? No. Well, anyway, uh, as you as you drive along, you can see it in orchards, uh, in orange groves and citrus groves there. And it's killing the trees, and they, they don't have a solution for it there. Now, you have some citrus trees. Are they healthy? So far. So far? Yeah. Okay, good. Do you use ocean water on them? I just put ocean water on them right before we came up here. Okay. And we haven't had them in the ground very long yet. We're still new, so yeah. Okay. So. Uh, a few years ago, there was another disease here, and they called it young tree decline. And it happens on citrus trees. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Nice young tree that comes up and they grow healthy and they look good and all of a sudden they wilt and die Uh, They called it young tree decline so uh, some uh, Citrus growers excuse me Some citrus growers uh, started to use c90 they took a they took a grove and put a line down the middle of it, and part of the grove got C90. The other part got no C90. All the grove got the same fertilizer. Everything else was the same except that we had C90 on one side. What they found is that that young tree decline disappeared. It went away. Totally. Uh, You see, if we give the body, whether it's a tree or an animal or a human, when we give it everything that it needs, <clears throat> if it, uh, it tends to heal itself. It wants to heal itself. And so this is, uh, this is what we're doing with the C90 there. Uh, my experience so far with it is that we do test the ground. We do have to add, usually, uh, calcium and often phosphate. Uh, we're not going to guess at it. We're going to do it exactly right. Uh, so we're going to add the things that it needs—the major nutrients. Um, uh, I don't have a soil test with me here, but if you were to look down the list of the different nutrients that are needed in the soil, you'll see that calcium—that more calcium is needed than everything else put together. Everything else put together. So we need we need that calcium, and often we have to add that. Uh, uh, to the soils, incidentally, talking about calcium. Uh, the University of Tel Aviv uh, did corings in the Dead Sea. And, and uh, what they're doing with these corings, they can read them just like you can if we cut down a tree here and we could read the rings. And so they can go back to the time of Caleb and Joshua and when the children of Israel came into the Promised Land. They can read this there. And, and an interesting thing to me was that the type of calcium that was being washed in to the Dead Sea back then uh, was a high calcium, low magnesium lime. High calcium, low magnesium lime. And then as we get into modern times, that changes. And what's being washed in is more of a dolomite, which is a high magnesium uh, uh, lime there. So I thought it was real interesting when I was um, going through my recommendations, uh, which I get from International Ag Lab, uh, that they were, they were uh, recommending the same identical um, type of calcium that the children of Israel had way back then. Incidentally, um, this, is, this is something I'd like to try. I'm just going to throw something out here. Uh, Yesterday we planted that tree, the Ellen White method, and if you guys have planted that way, you know you get tremendous results with that. Uh, Caleb and Joshua, when they spied out the land, it took two of them to carry one bunch of grapes. My guess is that that bunch of grapes must have weighed about 100 pounds. must have been huge there. Um, Now this is after the flood. So what would happen if we were to... um, plant grapevines, the Ellen White method, and we would use the same type of nutrients that we know they had, that the children of Israel had, back in Caleb and uh, Joshua's time. I think that we would be able to redo that. It would be neat next year if we could walk in here with two guys with one bunch of grapes. That was 100 pounds. Anyway, if any of you want to do it, I'll, I'll freely give you any information I have on it that would that might help there. <coughs> Okay, um, another thing I want to tell you is that when you use ocean water minerals on your vegetables and fruit, um, you will get you will get vegetables and fruit that is incredibly better in flavor. Uh, just incredibly better. Onions that are so sweet, you can almost eat them like apples. Um, beets, I had a... Um, had a young Adventist uh, farmer start a little market garden in Camino, California this year. And uh, he was very conscientious about putting the right things down, doing everything right. He sold his produce mostly at the uh, local farmer's markets. And to begin with, sales weren't very good at all. And so he would go and he'd cut up a beet and make little samples. And then he'd cut up a turnip and whatever else he had. And, you know, when you you pass out free samples of a turnip most people say no i don't like turnips there Uh, every person he got to try a turnip said oh i like those and they bought turnips from him and before the season was over he had such a reputation for beets he couldn't keep them there they just would would disappear quickly You'll find the same thing will happen to your produce if you use the ocean water minerals along with the calciums and the other thing according to the soil test. And you will have produce that will be just uh, incredibly good. I went to, um, what's the name of that place? Chiloquin? It's a little camp meeting. I met <coughs> Andrew there uh, in Chiloquin, Oregon. <coughs> um, uh, <coughs> Less than uh, a year ago just about 11 months ago now. I planted a dozen fruit trees at my place and uh, Just little um, things and one of those trees was a nectarine tree That as the leaves started to come out got very very sick now, you know what? Uh, uh, leaf curl is peach leaf curl is okay um, it's an uncontrolled growth of cells uh, Now in in animals and in people if we have an uncontrolled growth of cells. We call that cancer We don't call this peach leaf cancer But it's an uncontrolled growth of cells and that will kill that tree in about three years time unless we unless we uh, uh, control it There and so there are all kinds of sprays that people put on it and whatever there so This little tree uh, had peach leaf curl, and it had a bed. So I mixed up a batch of the ocean water, um, C90 really, and and went out there. Now, uh, what I recommend is that you take one ounce, use your kitchen measuring cup, one ounce of C90, and you put that in two and a half gallons of water, Okay, One ounce to two and a half gallons of water. And that you use that in your garden Based on your soil test again, but as many as four times, maybe as many as six times in a growing season. Okay? Yes. I want you to use the C90. Use one ounce, use your kitchen measuring cup. Okay? Don't try to weigh it out, just use your kitchen measuring cup there, in two and a half gallons of water. Okay? Mix that up, and then drench your plants with it. In other words, use a a, a watering can or something, and just go right over the row with that and get that out there. Now. Uh, okay. so it's one ounce, two and a half ounce of water? Yes. And then what you do with this? All right. Now you're going to put in, put that into uh, a watering can. And depending on your soil test, that's enough to do one row or six rows. Okay. And I want you to do that at at least four times during the growing season, and as much as six times during the growing season. Is that ground application or foliar? That's what. Is that watering the ground or the leaves? You can do both. You can do both. All right, now, but that doesn't tell you how far you're going to spread that. All right, so that is for a thousand square foot garden, or about 200 feet of row. Okay, a thousand square foot garden or 200 feet of row. That's that will be just about the same there. That's provided your rows are about five feet apart. There, you'll have six rows (coughs) there. All right, (coughs) so I um, want to finish the story here. So um, I drenched that little tree. Now, I did it twice. Uh, When I have a sick plant, instead of taking one ounce to two and a half gallons, I take two ounces Two ounces okay, of salt, that's C90, to that uh, two and a half gallons. Now what's the worst I'm going to do? Kill that tree? It, it's going to die anyway, isn't it? Yes. All right. So I went out and put it on that tree. I just took the watering can and watered all over it. I did it twice a week apart. <clears throat> okay. Now I did the other trees too, but I did it with a lower uh, uh, amount there. Anyway, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, all of the diseased leaves on that tree died. They turned black and they died. You're not going to heal those, uh, those uh, diseased leaves. All the, the leaves that weren't diseased, or even parts of the leaves that weren't diseased, uh, came back with, with unusual vigor, nice uh, color and growth, and just did very well. Um, the tree uh, bloomed out and got about this high, um, and had flowers and whatever on it. And now, mind you, I planted that uh, uh, in in February. And uh, what's the camp meeting date? It's August sometime. Second week in August. Second week in August. Okay. So these these. Uh, nectarines started to ripen and I'm a little impatient I go out there and try to find the ripest one and taste it and see how they're doing there and I could tell that they were incredibly good this flavor was so so good so a camp meeting was coming and I and these weren't even ripe. but I picked them anyway and I went up to Chilliquin camp meeting and uh, there in the tent I cut those things up and passed Samples around to everybody in the seminar. To a person, people that tasted that said it's the best nectarine I ever ate in my life, and they weren't even ripe yet. Uh, and you'll find that happen over and over again. And you'll do it, you'll do the same thing in your own garden. Uh, there's a man who lives oh, a couple hours away from me. He's a good gardener. Uh, he's gardened all of his life. He's about my age. Matter of fact, he taught couple of classes for me last year when I couldn't be here uh, and uh, and he argued with me he wanted to do um, he wanted to do Kinsey's uh, soil report now Kinsey's a good company uh, but he wanted to do Kinsey's soil report and analysis and so forth and I said why don't you just try this just try it there so he grudgingly took the soil test and 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 uh, you know the the right nutrients for that garden. Uh, <clears throat> when his um, garden started to ripen, uh, I had a seminar not too far from his house, maybe an hour away, and I said, "Hey, uh, Dan, why don't you bring over some of that produce?" Because he called me; he was all excited about how good his produce tasted, tomatoes and honeydew melons and other things like that. I said, well, would you, bring, would you be willing to bring some of that to this little seminar? And he said, yes. We had about 35 people, I think, in the room there. This was in somebody's private home. Uh, so we cut up, that, uh, cut up some of those melons and passed them out to people. Now I want to tell you that on the BRICS reading, it's B-R-I-X, okay, the BRICS reading, if you look up honeydews, it says that an excellent melon, the top of the line, is going to be a Bricks reading of 14. I want to tell you that Dan's melons started at 15, 16, and 17. In that room, there were three people who said, "Nah, eh, I don't like honeydew. I never liked those. All three of them tasted that, and all three of them said, whoa, I could like honeydew. And you can do the same thing, uh, and you will do the same thing, because we do it again and again and again. There, yes, ma'am. I just wanted to- when you Did you put that on that tree that had the disease that was equivalent to human cancer? Yes. And you used two and a half ounces? I used two and a half ounces. That's That's of, the, of the C9? Of the C9. So now, C9. Would you consider that mm-hmm. a therapeutic dose? <coughs> what I need is a therapeutic yeah. dose myself right now. <laughs> on yes. On yes, yes that would be, change. we'll call that a therapeutic. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Is uh, on now. the tree or around <clears> the tree? Well, <clears throat> I put it in the water, and then I just water that all over that tree, and, of course, plenty falls to the ground. I want plenty to get in the ground, too. Remember, I did it twice a week apart. Leaves, Leaves, Leaves and, ground. and ground. Leaves and ground, yes. yes. Have you used all the canal grounds at one time, or have you used... Depends on the size of the plant. Um, that tree, I probably used... Um, I, I don't remember now, but I probably used at least a gallon of that um, on that tree. I, I overdosed that tree, therapeutic dose, um, worst I could do is kill it, and, <laughs> yes, and instead, it's the healthiest tree out there, it's very, very healthy there, yes. I, was. I didn't understand with that man, your Dan, your neighbor, did he try your, your method? He tried my method, He. I'm going to sit down. He tried my method. He grudgingly tried it, and when his produce started to come in, then he called me. He's got a refractometer. He called me. He said, Lynn, he said, I can't believe this." There now we had some of his pears, and uh, what else did we have from him in this fall? Uh, grapes. Grapes were great. Uh, pears, I think, 24 was the bricks reading. Bricks reading of 24. Were maybe 25, maybe to 28. 25 to 28. Yes, just incredibly good produce. We were heading to uh, Southern California for, for a seminar, and we were late. We stopped to get this produce. We put it in the back of the car, not thinking about it, but it, we, didn't put ice in the container. we didn't have ice in the container. We ended up throwing away some of that stuff because uh, there, but um, the brick reading dropped by like 10. pardon me? The bricks reading, like brick reading dropped because we didn't take care of it. Yeah. Yes, by about 10. Hours. Yes, there. All right, yes, sir. You know, the higher the bricks and the higher the, the minerals, like we have a, a light bulb that you can plug into that fruit and, and when in and the higher the, the bricks level, or higher the higher the mineral content in that, the bulb will burn like, it looks like it's ready to explode. <laughs> so if you take one, a tomato, Or a peach from like whole foods, and you were to check like the bricks of would be like a fork of whole foods, organic to make. And if you took one that mineralized it and you use that probe that's connected to the bowl, that thing will burn right away. The body is the same way. Yes. Uh, We find really interesting things out here. Another thing that uh, I want to tell you is that you need a fence around your garden. Um, when when animals in the neighborhood, when they get a taste of your garden, they're going to pass up 10 other of your neighbor's gardens to get yours. Uh, so you've got to have a decent fence uh, around it there. Um, Well, I have a source out there in California that I get it. If if you've got a home garden, you don't need but a little bit, and you can get that from me if you want a little bit, including shipping, it would be $15 to you. If you've got a farm, we want to get it to you in 50-pound bags. That stuff goes a long, long ways. Listen, that little uh, $15 worth of salt is more than enough for most uh, family backyard gardens uh, for a whole season, so it 's so inexpensive to use, and the results are so good that don't don 't bypass it. use it experiment with it uh, here 's a good experiment. Um, do two rows, plant them exactly the same day, the same seeds, the same plants, same fertilizer. just use c ninety on one and not on the other, and test it for yourself and you can do that with a lot of different things there yes <clears throat> Okay, the question is, if we use this year after year, the sodium level going to climb. Maybe if we're in a dry area, it is going to climb. If we're in a wet area, sodium and also boron, those are the two things that cause a toxicity in the soil if we get too much of it. We need both of those. But if we get too much of it, it's toxic. Now, if you're in an area that gets maybe 20 inches of rain or more a year, and this is outside gardening, the, the boron and the salt quickly leach out. So you could use it year after year after year. Um, but we do we want to do it scientifically. We want to know what we're doing there. Yes, sir? I live very close to the Pacific Ocean. The water's very clean. Can I take the seawater and dilute it in some way and save the expense of buying a commercial product? Absolutely, Rod. <coughs> so the question is, Rodland's real close to the Pacific Ocean in Australia. Can he just go down and get some water? Absolutely. How you do that, uh, if you've got a clean part of the ocean, please go to a clean part of the ocean. Don't go to a bay. Go to a clean part of the ocean. Just wait out and get some water and bring it back in. Uh, What I do, what I did before I could get C-90, was that I'd go to a spot in the ocean that was clean in northern California. I'd wait out with a with a couple five-gallon buckets, I'd put about four uh, gallons of water in a bucket. I'd have a plastic bag inside the bucket, so I would tie that off, and I'd put a second plastic bag around it so stuff didn't slosh out in my car on the way home. All right, how are we going to dilute that? Take that ocean water uh, and take one part of ocean water to ten parts of fresh water. So one liter to ten liters, and we would be just fine. And that, so that goes back to your one ounce per two and a half. Gallons. It's it's a, a, identical to that. One to ten. Yes, yes. Now there's some there's some variations on that. If we got that water out of the Dead Sea, or the Great Salt Lake, uh, there's far less water in it. But Pacific Ocean water is about um, 965 percent uh, water, three and a half percent solid, and that's that's pretty good anywhere. Yes, ma'am. Don't go to the bay. Don't go to the bay. The water's going to be not, not uh, there. We got a question. Is azimuth, that's, that's what I think I'm thinking. If azimuth, is that the same mineral? I uh, was trying to get some Somebody told me to get some milk. You know, like they said you need to get this azimuth. OK. And, uh, Okay, the question is, uh, is azomite the same thing? Can we use azomite instead? No, it's not the same thing, and don't use that in, in place of the sea minerals. Azomite's a good product. gets a lot of good minerals in the soil. Uh, but let's, let's go to the source. Um, let's go to the main source uh, here, if we can. There. <clears throat> okay, I do want to take this a little bit further. Um, uh, in uh, in central Illinois, uh, I think it's the Haynes family farm, uh, they had <coughs> buffalo, American buffalo there. And uh, that was kind of a tourist attraction, you know, for people to come and see the farm and whatever there. But the buffalo are shy, and they would be way back in the back 40 there. So, <coughs> so they did an experiment. They took a strip of land right along the fence, and they added the C90 to that. Uh, Yes. And as the animals came across um, the field, uh, when they came to the area that was treated with C90, now here they didn't use water, they just spread the C90 on the ground there. When they came to that area, they stopped, and they would not move out of that until they ate it right down to the roots there. Same thing happened with, with sheep in a similar field. They'd graze across the the pasture. When they found that area where the C90 was, they stopped and ate that right down into the ground. There. Uh, I'll give you another illustration. (coughs) Um, On one farm, growing corn, this is Um, non-GMO. They took the field, cut it in half. Both fields are the same corn, same, everything planted at the same time. The only difference is that one got ocean water minerals and the other side did not. Now, when it came to harvesting, this is a, a, a animal farm. There came to harvest this stuff. Any of the corn stalks that they harvested that came with the um, with the ocean water salts, they took those and they tied little blue ribbons around that, threw it in the wagon. Then they took corn from the other side and they didn't tie any ribbons on that. They put that in. They mixed that all up in the barnyard together. You know that the the animals pawed through that to get every stock of corn uh, with a with a blue ribbon on it before they would touch the other. Just every, uh, it's, it's that powerful there. OK, did we have another question? Yes. Our soil test is going to tell us exactly, so we don't want to guess on that. When we planted that tree yesterday, there was already uh, ocean water salt in that, in that tree, uh, in that tree planting kit so you're that we had. do you know from your soil test that soil yourself know? It'll tell us exactly what to do. Okay. That's what happened with my friend Dan. He had been trying to interpret Kinsey's reports, uh, and he had done all this math, and he'd worked at this for years, and he wasn't getting the results that he thought he should. I said, Dan, just try it once. You know, Just try it on a small area if you don't want to put it in the whole garden. And so he did, and just incredible results. So um, it, it works. There. So are you saying mm-hmm. follow, add what, what the test says, and then also do the C90? The, the test is going to tell us how much C90 we can put on, as well as other things that we need. Whatever company you go to, they'll tell yes. you how much C90 you need? No, most of them won't. Well, what company do you need to go to? Uh, I, I use International Ag Labs. And, and if you want, you can take down my web page if you want it. It's suncountrygardens.com. Sun Country Gardens, S-U-N suncountrygardens.com and all my information is there including my phone number and whatever and you're welcome to call me even Uh, when you go there to that webpage uh, when you go down I don't know four or five things whatever comes up there you'll come to a page that says high bricks on the top B-R-I-X on the top and it'll say high bricks B-R-I-X on the top that's the order form Okay, now if you're a big farm, we might be, uh, let me back up here. I only, I only want you to get two things. The first thing says uh, soil test and recommendations. Okay, that costs $50. That's the same price I pay for it. So, soil test and recommendations. Then I want you to go down to, that, they call that S1. Then I want you to go down to S4, and that'll say boron. That'll cost you an extra $10. So you're going to owe the lab $60 for that. Okay, Go to the post office, get the smallest flat rate box they have, uh, and, and use, a, use a Ziploc bag, a quart Ziploc bag. And if you don't fill it totally full, it will fit into that just fine. That'll cost you another um, $6.80, I think. So for $66.80, we're not guessing. We're going to know exactly what your soil needs, what to put on, what not to put on. There. So you're okay. saying you'll evaluate it? Uh, yes, we, we evaluate that. Yes. So you're now, involved with this um, international? I, international department. Ag labs. I'm I'm like a rep for them. I'm I not see. an employee there. Now, when you get your soil test back, when you get your soil test back, I want you to call me. All right? <clears throat> My phone number's there. I want you to call me as soon as you get your soil test back. And I will go over that. We might be 3,000 miles apart, but I'll know exactly what to do with your soil there. Uh, OK, yes, ma'am? Could you explain again why using C90 would cause salt to build up in a raised bed versus just a field? No, it's not going to raise any more in a raised bed. No, it's not going to raise any more in a raised bed than in the field. What's no, going to make in, a greenhouse. in a, greenhouse. I meant to say a greenhouse? Okay, in a greenhouse because it's not raining in the greenhouse. It's not raining in the greenhouse. It's, but it's very controlled water. It's very controlled water. Yes, yes. Now, let's say you have a greenhouse, and and you want to use the C90. Uh, what's going to happen is the plants are going to take up some of that water. And some is going to evaporate, but the salt's not going to evaporate. How does it evaporate outside? It gets washed away. It gets leached out by the rain. And because you could water your greenhouse more than it rains out. Exactly. That's the point. So water your water your greenhouse well. Overwater the greenhouse enough so that so that the salt and the boron is taken out. Okay. Yes, sir. yes also also in a greenhouse, uh, often we are growing twelve months out of the year, and so we're going to be using more of this because we're going to one crop and we're right on to the next yes, so you need to leach that uh, that out periodically would I want? I'm not sure I understood the question. Would you use less in a greenhouse? Uh, Yes, I'm going to use it in the greenhouse. Now, in the greenhouse, as well as outside, I want your soil test. We don't want to guess on this, OK? Maybe maybe in a backyard garden, we don't need a soil test every time we plant something. But in a greenhouse, especially if you're a commercial operator, um, what you pay for that soil test, you're going to make up many times over in production or in loss if we don't have it. This is one where you usually generally from the soil test put on so much C90 per 1000 square feet in the greenhouse you might cut that in half just to uh lessen the risk of it causing the carbon cost. If you if you cut back on the amount of C90 that you need you're going to get uh less taste out of that. Let me go back to the nectarine trees, okay? Uh, Because I had another nectarine tree next to this one that was diseased and another one uh, that was not diseased. There. It only got half as much C90 there. And when those nectarines came in, they were still far superior than anything I can buy in the grocery store. They were not as good as where I had used the extra C90 there. Okay, we had a question back here. You said it affects quality, doesn't affect uh, yes, but let me talk to that. Uh, does it affect? It does affect quality. Does it affect yield? Uh, do not look for a big increase in yield. The only reason you're going to get an increase in yield is maybe there's some deficiency there. What I found, um, it's not a significant increase in yield. It's a significant increase in nutrients to you. And in flavor, and in health of that plant, and uh, well, it will. will use uh, see ninety in a greenhouse over a period of time. What are you seeing in the subsequent soil tests? Uh, we're going to see a right raise in in the uh, sodium levels there. Yeah. So then What are you doing to correct? it? Bleach it out. Just use it over over water. Just just water it so it gets out there. Okay, yes sir. I have several uh, mature fruit trees, okay. They they have produced in the the past. The last couple of years they have not. Um, So would I put the C90 before the buds start the form? Okay, it's a good question. Where do we put this C90 on? Uh, I want to take you to another uh, story of another peach tree when I first started this. Uh, had a grandson, and he planted a peach tree for me, Ellen White Method. Uh, and um, that tree got very, very sick with peach leaf curl. So I had been reading about this, and I thought, oh, well, I'll try this. I went out and doused that tree, uh, and the same thing happened. All the diseased leaves fell off the tree. Everything else that came on was nice and healthy and green there. But I got the biggest surprise that fall when those peaches began to ripen, because they were the best that I'd ever eaten there. So now the next year, um, that tree didn't have any peach leaf curl. So I didn't treat it, and uh, didn't worry about it. Uh, The peaches started to ripen, you know, and again, I'm impatient, so I'm out there trying to find the ripest peach to taste it, and I thought, well, these are good, but they're not what I had last year. So I immediately went out, mixed up a, a batch of ocean water, and drench that tree. Then I did it twice uh, over two two weeks. It didn't work. It didn't work. You've got to get those minerals to the plants, to the tomatoes, to the carrots, to the peaches. You've got to get it while that fruit is growing. If you wait to the end, it's too late. You won't get it. So put it on periodically over the growing season. You'll have far better far better results there. A couple of them have a uh like an orange shell. How are we doing time? It's always between the branches. And uh, also one of them had it where the, the tree meets the soil. And had a hole in it. And then I saw a lot of ants go in and out of that hole. Okay. So would that c to take care of that? Okay, let's talk about several things here. Okay. Because uh, I want to address that. All right. Um, Uh, When we have a disease, uh, when we have an insect problem, fungus, whatever, uh, we're conditioned to think, what can I do to kill that? Okay, Let's get rid of that idea. Instead of what can I do to kill that, ask the question, what can I do to make that plant's immune system stronger? Because that plant is going to overcome that if it has everything uh, that we need. So make that um, plant strong, so that it will it, that it will make itself healthy. Now, uh, let me give you another illustration. There's a flea, flu uh, epidemic going through the country. Whether or not you get flu uh, has far more to do with the strength of your immune system than it does the strength of that flu bug. So get the immunity up. Give everything that you need, and and that tree will heal itself, and even our bodies heal themselves that way. Same with with animals if you have any stock animals or whatever. Now I want to go back to the to your question uh, because you said these trees gave you little fruit there some time ago. ago. Okay, so what do you do? Um, we change the nitrogen fertilizer going to that. Tree Or that tomato plant or whatever you see there's calcium nitrate Nature makes calcium nitrate every time it rains or snows or lightning strikes the ground nature makes calcium nitrate Okay But we'll use calcium nitrate because it's easier in this case We'll go to the nursery or the farm supply store, and we'll buy calcium nitrate calcium nitrate in a bag Is not organic there's no way we could ever certify that organic it's made from Uh, Petroleum products in a chemical fertilizer uh, Plant so we never but it's the same thing that God makes It's just that we can control it. We know exactly I can measure that exactly because I know the numbers there So now calcium nitrate is going to make the leaves and the stems grow on that tree or that tomato plant Uh, Now we need to change that if we want fruiting we want to change that to the ammonia sulfate. We want to change that to the ammonia fertilizers. Okay. Again, we have fertilizer that is coming from a chemical fertilizer plant. We cannot certify it organic. Again, when you, God makes this, nature makes this, when you drive by a barnyard and it stinks, uh, nature is making ammonia uh, sulfate. Uh, you have a compost pile that stinks, it's the same thing there, okay? Again, we want to measure that out exactly. And when we, when, we change, uh, when we change that, uh, we get uh, very interesting results. What will happen? We turn off that tree from growing leaves and stems, and we turn it on to growing flowers and fruit. And you can see this. Uh, a good example is, um, let's say your tomato plants are up about this big. You've got a few buds that are starting to come, but you think it should have more tomatoes. Switch that fertilizer. It'll stop growing higher. It'll, it, within, within a week, two weeks at the most, that plant will get covered with, with yellow uh, blossoms. Um, I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you a story again because this illustrates it well. There's a farmer in Pennsylvania who contracted with a baby food uh, company to grow tomatoes for them. His tomatoes were all up about this big and he had almost no tomatoes. So he called and said, what can I do with that? They switched this to, in this case, it needed to be um, organic. So there's a product called Bloomit. So we sent him Bloomit, and he sprayed that field with the Bloomit. And in a week's time, that field turned yellow with blossoms. Another week's time, and that field is covered with tiny little marble-sized tomatoes there. Now, As the season went on, he was very pleased because this was just coming out wonderfully well there. The season went on, he could see that the flowers that were blooming now weren't going to make it. Uh, Frost was going to kill that plant before those could make it. So we switched it back. Now we took uh, the ammonia sulfate away, the bloom it away in this case, and we added the uh, calcium nitrate now that makes leaves and stems grow and turns off the flowering mechanism so what that did <coughs> is that those leaves now which are the factory for those plants they they, they uh, fed the existing tomatoes so that he finished the season with an absolute bumper crop and you can see that in your own um, in your own backyard for your own thing one thing i do in uh, in uh, garden class, is that I will go to. Let's see if I've got it here. How are we doing with time? Uh, we're five or six. Our time's up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just tell you about it. Uh, one thing I do in garden class is I will take a little fig tree. Uh, into the garden class, and I will demonstrate this. Um, and I'll put it in, I'll just dump this stuff on to that uh, tree. It's a little tree in a pot there. And uh, and in a week's time, uh, I can see tiny little figs forming uh, on that tree. And then in two weeks' time, I'll bring it back to class. By that time, they're big enough that everybody can see them there. Now, uh, one one garden class, I did this, and somebody said, I didn't quite see that, could you do that again? So that poor little tree got, got treated again. And then there's a lady that always comes in late, and she came in with her three kids, and she said, oh, what'd you talk about tonight? And so forth, and I told her, and she said, well, could you do that for me? That poor little tree got treated again there. So that little tree, just about this tall, uh, had um, over 30 figs on it. Uh, now. We, we force that tree too early, okay? Now when I do that, I always give that tree away because fig trees are easy to start. Um, we damage the tree because we want that tree really to get big enough, just like we want those tomato plants to be big enough. That tomato plant's this big, I don't want it to put tomatoes on. I want it to get big, there. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.